Local news, talk, sports, and the hits of the 60s, 70s, and 80s. Kane 107.5. Good morning and welcome to Bayou Sports here on Kane Radio, FM 107.5 and AM 1240. Uh, some teasers out there. Of course, the Tigers in Tennessee at 11 o'clock uh, Saturday morning. So I guess there'll be uh, Planters Punch, uh, Bloody Marys, and Mimosas. In the meantime, uh, baseball season wrapped up yesterday with all the teams playing and uh, everything's been settled, uh, 12 playoff teams. We'll talk a little bit about that later. Saints making more more and more moves, uh, trying to store up uh, spots after a couple of their players were pulled off the uh, – the uh, practice squad, one being Latavius Murray, just Jeff and I were astounded how they could get being Broncos pull him when he was basically on the roster, we thought, uh, for Sunday. And all I can imagine, and I haven't read into it, but the Saints didn't protect him. Yes. But, but, but I'm sure they would have had the opportunity had they wanted to. Yeah, I uh, don't know why, but it uh, looks like Camaro is going to play this weekend. At least that's the reports coming out of the training camp, so we'll see. He's got a rib injury. It's been bothering him for a few weeks. Elsewhere, uh, high school coaches on later on this morning at 7.30. We'll have Nish uh, head football coach Josh Learman at 8 o'clock. Carol Olivier with uh, the Acadiana Christian Lions. Uh, uh, in the meantime, uh, NFL tonight, uh, Indianapolis at Denver. Uh, both teams trying to find some scoring abilities. Uh, Indianapolis come in averaging 14.3 points a game. Denver at 16.5, not much better. The over and under, 42. Denver's favored by three. I guess the big news, uh, even though it's, this is a weekend game, the Steelers, for the first time uh, since the uh, merger back in 69-70 when the teams, are the, both leagues are intermittent in league play, the Steelers are a 14-point dog this weekend against mm. the Buffalo Bills. Never in the, in the how was that, uh, 52 years has the Steelers been that big of an underdog uh, during the, uh, the merger, post-merger years. So uh, interesting and see uh, how that's going to play out in the meantime. Of course, you, you got quarterback, uh, con- not, I hate to use the word quarterback controversy, but there is a quarterback uh, fight yes. uh, you know, between Trubisky and Kenny Pickett's getting his first start. So That's right. You got some question marks there. Plus, Buffalo's you know, they're a pretty good team. They can throw it. Yeah. You're right about that. And uh, basically, they've got a loss uh, as the Dolphins handed their, their only loss so far. But they, they've struggled a little bit uh, defensively. And last year, they were the best defensive team in the league. Uh, Statistics-wise, uh, they were. But in the meantime, uh Saturday morning, the Tigers entertain the uh, Tennessee Volunteers. And, uh, Jeff, for a lot of you uh, younger uh, fans, uh, uh, you, you know, and listeners, I should say, the, the Tigers in Tennessee haven't met that much over the years uh, throughout the course of uh, football. And uh, this coming Saturday, I think it will be only their maybe 33rd, 34th meeting, something of that nature. And uh, the uh, – the Tigers and the Vols, uh, they've got a history of big-time games back in the day. Of course, LSU, I forget about this. They've won the last five games against Tennessee that they've played, and I think they've won uh, basically seven out the last ten. And uh, But Tennessee still doesn't dominate the series, but lead the all-time series, uh, I think it was 30, 30 to, or 20 to 10 maybe in a tie and that regard but uh, we'll see how the tigers do uh, i know coach uh 
Coach, uh, uh, I would say Kelly uh, trying to get his team rolling. Uh, how many people thought the Tigers would be 4-1 and one at this juncture in the season? I don't think there were many. And, of course, their one lone loss was to Florida State the opening weekend and uh, a missed extra point to kept that game from going into overtime. And, uh, and then they also had a blocked, I think, didn't they have a blocked field goal in that game? Uh, there were some uh, opportunities they had uh, to win. But in the meantime, the biggest game I can recall, and uh, I was just a youngster then, but uh, it was way back in the late 50s. LSU was ranked number one in the country. They journeyed up to Tennessee fresh off that epic win over Ole Miss where Billy Cannon's legendary punt return uh, anyway, leaving LSU three highly winnable games away from their second national championship. Uh, uh, of course, that was the the national championship then was awarded before the bowl games. The bowl games are looked upon as just a, 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 a trophy. Yeah, for, for the season. season. That's yeah. right. That's right. And Tennessee prevailed uh, uh, an interception for a touchdown and stopping Cannon at the goal line on a late two point try. The scoreboard uh, known as uh, Shield Watkins Field wouldn't have it renamed uh, Nayland Stadium until 62. But uh, LSU had won, like, I, I want to say 17 games in a row, and they were looking forward to uh, adding on more. Cannon stopped on a two-point play. Uh, the Vols beat them 14-13 uh, to 13 and on a controversial play on that two-point play, too. Uh, of course, then again, LSU beat them uh, before a big-time crowd as uh, back in, I want to say, September of 2000. Uh, uh, LSU beat them, I want to say, 38-31 in overtime. Uh, Rohan Davey uh, had a big game in that game. Elsewhere in 2000, uh, December 2001, that was LSU's first SEC championship uh, over in Atlanta. They beat the Vols 31-20. to I remember that game well. I was watching it at my sister's in Atlanta and fighting a cold that uh, that day. Uh, elsewhere, and then in 2007, uh, the 21-14, the Tigers' uh, backup quarterback, Mac Flynn, injured, uh, was injured. Ryan Paralu came in and responded uh, with a steady performance, and uh, they ended up beating the Vols. Uh, of course, uh, back in 2010, LSU beat them again 16-14. And uh, they've pretty much owned the Vols. Uh, of course, they come into the game uh, Saturday morning. I think Tennessee's a three-point pick. Didn't see the over and under of that game, but I'm not sure it's really large. Uh, LSU's defense, their defensive front can play with anybody in the country, I think. Uh, they're going to harass the Tennessee quarterback. I don't know who that young man is right now, but uh, should be an interesting game as the Tigers uh, – try to keep their four-game winning streak in line and uh, add to it. Uh, um, not sure um, uh, the crowd will be into it, but uh, at 11 o'clock in the morning, hangovers for the student body over in the, uh, the I, you know, north I, end zone. I, I can't uh, quote him verbatim, but Coach Kelly asked about that 11 o'clock start time because obviously LSU fans love those evening start times uh, so they can uh, enjoy the the tailgating and all that and uh, certainly I understand that but Kelly's like it's the SEC it's Tennessee what's yeah. not to be excited about That's whatever true. time of day the game is <laughs> what's not to get excited about and he's absolutely right he is and Tennessee comes in as the eighth ranked team in the country and uh, the, the Tigers you know uh, they're fired up about that game and uh and we'll see how uh, that's all going to play out. But, uh, Coach, uh, you're right. Coach, um, trying to fire up the crowd and the fans. And uh, 
it's a game that uh, you need to watch this weekend if you like uh, college football, 11 a.m., though. But, yeah, kickoff usually takes place uh, maybe five, ten minutes after uh, uh, the uh, the game comes on the set. So, uh, uh, and uh, LSU uh, trying to uh, keep it going. Uh, I'm trying to think who they play the following week. I'll get my little uh, my uh, pocket guide here that I keep it stored in front of me during the course of the uh, season. And uh, the Tigers, uh, after this game, they they head to Florida. Another interesting matchup with former UL coach Billy Napier. Uh, but uh, on the docket uh, this uh, Saturday at 11 o'clock is the Tennessee Vols. And uh, it should be, uh, you know, uh, Jeff, I just they, – They should have set the time for the Florida game, right? Uh, I'd, say, I'd say so. I'd say so. It's probably going to be an afternoon game over in uh, Gainesville. Usually that takes place. Uh, as the Tigers, uh, you know, just going through it real quickly. Uh, yeah, six, here. six o'clock. Yeah. Anyway, Tennessee, 64 and a half points is over and under that game. Tennessee comes in averaging, you ready? And, of course, I don't, can't remember who they've played, but 48 and a half points a game. LSU at 35-6. Tennessee has 560 yards of offense a game. LSU 443. Tennessee's passing yards 366 to LSU's 248. Uh, rushing yards, uh, Tennessee 194, LSU 196. Third down efficiency, both at 45. Fourth down efficiency, Tennessee at 72-7, LSU at 62-5. And possession time, uh, it's where LSU holds an advantage. Tennessee's only had the ball 26% of the time during the game, or 26 minutes, I should say. I was going to say. Yeah, and <laughs> 31 uh, minutes for LSU. Uh, point uh, points given up. Tennessee gives up 19. LSU gives up 15 a game. Uh, defense uh, this is where LSU uh, is their strength. They give up 294 game to Tennessee's 407. Passing yards Tennessee 310. Uh, LSU 184. Uh, rushing yards uh, Tennessee shows up uh, at 98 yards a game. They give up LSU at 110. So uh, interesting matchup. 62, 64 and a half points. Three point. Tiger, uh, a dog, so until uh, uh, Friday morning, turn on YouTube and after game day and see what the uh, prognosticators uh, game day have to say about that game. But uh, And I'm trying to think, will game day be in Baton Rouge this weekend? I'm no, trying to recall. I think it's in Kansas. Yeah, I think you're right. That's right, with the Kansas Jayhawks being, what, 5-0 and right now? And Kansas State's 5-0, and too. Yeah, uh, five and five, nope, Kansas State's 4-1. I could have swore I saw they lost to the Greenies, Kansas State. Uh, th- th- fourth weekend uh, of the year, they uh, third weekend of the year they lost to the Greenies, uh, seventeen to ten. How did that happen? It, it, uh, it the miracles do happen. Anyway, in the meantime, uh, high school football, uh, all important. Uh, of course, UL is off. We spoke about that earlier this week. They play next week uh, up in Marshall in Huntington, and they take on the Thundering Herd. They're off this uh, Saturday, so uh, nothing going on at uh, Cajun Field uh, this weekend uh, unless they have uh, other uh, things going on at the Cajun Dome. Not sure about that. Of course, uh, high school games this week. St. Martinville uh, will be taking on uh, Erath in Erath. The Yellow Jackets will have Coach on later on talking about his big game against the Opelousas Tigers over in Opelousas. Elsewhere, the Westgate Tigers, big game for the Westgate. I'm sure that's one of the high school games, if not the, the high school game in the state tomorrow night uh, for the Turlings at, uh, the, 
at Westgate. Elsewhere, uh, the Catholic High Panthers uh, will have them on against Ascension Episcopal. It's our game of the week. Other games, uh, high school games around the area, the West St. Mary Wolfpack, uh, they're going to take on uh, Lorville. They'll travel to Lorville to take on the Tigers and uh, and Coach Martin. Um, the uh, Delcom Panthers uh, will t- uh, host Franklin, the Hornets, in a big game. Delcom playing well right now. The Highland Baptist team takes on Maryville out of their district. Um, as a, as Coach mentioned, Hudson mentioned yesterday that uh, it's a, an odd game. They only have, I think, uh, six t- uh, five teams in the district, so there's an opening there for uh, an out-of-district out game. The Generate Tigers, who started off well and – and uh, I've lost their last two. They uh, head to uh, Hanson Memorial to take on the Tigers. And uh, pretty much uh, that's it on the scoreboard here, Jeff, for high school sports. Of course, the baseball season has wrapped up. And your thoughts, um, playoff bound, uh, the 12 teams. Why last year I want to say there was there was seven teams in each league due to the uh, – That was 2020. The, okay, the COVID year. Okay. And the top team got a buy. Last year it went back to the – pre-COVID schedule, which uh, allowed for the wild card game, you know, a fifth team in, but uh, now this is the new normal six teams. Yeah, six the teams. top two getting league. a bye in the first round. Yeah, and those will be the in the National League. It will be the Braves and the Dodgers, and in the American League, the Astros and the Yankees. Uh, they wait for the, uh, I guess, the other wild card teams uh, to see how that plays. And the question is, if a sixth-rated – They will not reseed. Okay, that was my question. Yeah. So, so they'll, they'll just follow through. But the opening games Friday, the uh, the higher-seeded team plays all three at correct. home. Correct. Yeah, opening round, all three games in the same city of the higher seed. Uh, the idea is to not make the teams uh, that have the bye wait too long. Yeah. And so there's no days off, um, which, uh, again – a three-game series uh, without travel, no reason to yeah. take a day off. You're right about that. It uh, it comes down to that. And as I mentioned uh, before we got, get Coach Lemon on the line in the next oh, uh, few minutes or so, uh, the Saints still making moves, Jeff, as they're trying to shore up uh, their team. Kamara says he's going to be on the field this coming Sunday against Seattle, the Seahawks. So, uh uh, we'll see how he plays. You know that the last weekend he played before he sat out, he just it, he didn't look himself either, and took a couple shots too and um, to to his rib cage. And uh, but he says he's going to line up and play uh, against the Seahawks this coming week. And uh, he uh, he last week he was kind of up in the air about it, didn't go. And this he's feeling a little better, healthy, ready to roll. I'm going to be out there. He adds so much more to the Saints with his ability to catch the football. Uh, out of the backfield and putting constant pressure on defenses. So, uh, anyway, um, and Kamara, you know, the Saints have lost uh, uh, the three consecutive games. Of course, uh, over in uh, Carolina, not looking good. And then uh, again uh, uh, the next week as they floundered uh, opportunities. And then this past weekend in London, uh, just didn't play well. Uh, played well late, but not early, and uh, lost on a. An attempted 61-yard field goal that hit the upright, and uh, the Saints go down to the Vikings. Of course, uh, hopefully uh, they can just play much better, So, uh, and we'll see. Uh, I know they've made some trades – not trades, excuse me. They've made some moves in their uh, practice squad, bringing people up, bringing people in. 
uh, brought in an, an older old all pro player from a few years ago and uh, to store up some of the defense. So uh, Saints have their work cut out for them uh, this weekend, Jeff, uh, as they take on the Seahawks, if you can believe, without Russell Wilson. And uh, we'll see how Geno Smith attacks the Saints. No, no doubt about it. Uh, once again, noon, uh, I know there's a lot of gumbo activity at about that time as well. I'm thinking about plopping out a TV uh, in front of the Kane studio. Well, in the window of the Kane Studios so that folks can uh, maybe enjoy a little Saints football with their gumbo. Yeah, that's true. Uh, that's uh, coming upon us. And uh, in the meantime, Seahawks this weekend for the Saints, uh, they look to uh, get back on the winning note after having uh, three tough losses against uh, Tampa Bay, Carolina, and, of course, the Vikings. Uh, but as I mentioned more than once on this show this week, they're only a game out of first place. Yeah. One tumble by the Tampa Bay. And, you know, they haven't been – when you look at it, Tampa Bay put up, uh, what was it, 31 points. Uh, was that Sunday night uh, game? Uh, and they got beat 41-31. But uh, I tell you what, um, you know, Tampa's having a tough time putting some points on the board. Tom, Tom Brady seems distracted. And, yeah, I don't and, know what it would be. And, and but. he set out practice yesterday with uh, a slight injury. Uh, let me see if I can pull that story up. I know I tagged that one as, um, again, uh, yeah, he missed the practice with a shoulder and finger issues. So. Yes. So um, we'll see. And then he has off-the-field issues that I'm sure are coming into play mm-hmm. in that regard. So, uh Anyway, uh, maybe time to take our first yeah. break and bring on Coach uh, Josh Lehman with the New Iberia High School Yellow Jackets. You're listening to Bayou Sports here on Kane Radio, FM 107.5 and AM 1240. We'll be back with Coach Lehman right after this. The Corner Tavern is the premier spot for live music. Thursday, it's Southern Jack DJs. And on Sunday, Gerald Grunig and Gentile Zydeco after the Saints game from 4 to 6. Remember, never a cover at the Corner Tavern. 19 TVs has you covered for the Saints and LSU. And no bar has more outdoor seating. Corner Tavern, 910 East Main across from McDonald's. Now serving fresh fruit margaritas and daiquiris. And thanks again for voting. The Corner Tavern, best bar and more for this year's Best of the Tesh. Is it time for a new roof or to repair the old one? Hi, this is Jake Blanchard with L.A. Classic Roofing. We're a third-generation roofing contractor that has been in the business for over 70 years. As a locally owned and operated company, we're also licensed and insured for your peace of mind. We offer free estimates and a $100 referral fee for full roof replacement. Check us out on Facebook at L.A. Classic Roofing. And the number to call is 465-3888. L.A. Classic Roofing, professional roofing solutions since the 1950s. Nowadays, none of us can be without adequate insurance coverage, but we still want to be sure we're getting the best value for the money. That's why so many people call the Schwing Insurance Agency to get a quote. The Schwing family has been handling the insurance needs of businesses and homeowners for almost 80 years. You can depend on Schwing Insurance to find the coverage you need at the best price. So before you buy a new policy or renew an existing one, call the Schwing Insurance Agency for a quote at 365-2357. Schwing Insurance, 300 East Main, across from the shadows. With more than 50 years of pain diagnosis and pain relief experience, Headache and Pain Center offers the latest in interventional pain relief techniques at two locations in Gray and here in New Iberia. Compassionate board certified physicians and the caring staff offer minimally invasive ultrasound and fluoroscopy guided procedures that diminish or eliminate pain without open surgery, opioids, or major downtime. When you're in pain, you know who to call. Headache and Pain Center, 337-560-0880, or go to answer to pain.com. 
Hey guys, if you're looking for the top golf experience in Iberia Parish, you need to look no further than Cane Row Golf and Turf Club. Low or high handicappers will enjoy the beautiful greens, the recently refurbished sand traps, and incredibly plush fairways. And by the way, you don't have to be a golfer to enjoy Cane Row. The brand new clubhouse sports some of the best burgers, pizza, wings, and many other choices along with absolutely the best, most potent margaritas that you've ever tried. So whether it's golf, food, or just some fun, come to Cane Row and enjoy. Now back to Bayou Sports. Phone lines are open to talk sports at 367-1240. Welcome back to Bayou Sports here on a big Thursday uh, morning, October the 6th. Uh, as on the line with us is New Iberia High head football coach Josh Lerman. Good morning, Coach, and welcome to the show. Good morning. Anyway, Coach, um, had a rough one last week against Karen Crow. Your offense put some points on the board, but uh, just couldn't slow them down uh, uh, what can you tell us a little bit, uh, our listeners, about last week's game and then, of course, your upcoming opponent uh, uh, going out of district this weekend and traveling to Opelousas to take on the Tigers? Uh, yeah, last week, uh, you know, our offense played really well, moved the ball really well, made some plays. Uh, we're getting a lot better offensively. Uh, defensively, you know, it's a it's a physical, tough tough team to stop in Karen Crow. And, you know, we, we got them the third down quite a bit of times and just couldn't get off the field. You know, it's always been a tough uh, environment there, too. Uh, they do very well at home. Um, what were some of those experiences this past week? Oh, it was, I mean, every every game we play on the road is pretty tough. Uh, and, you know, the experience is the same. You know, you gotta you got to be focused and, you know, stay locked in on the game plan. And, uh, and you know, we did, we did for the most part. Again, we just couldn't get off the field on third down. You know, again, you, you got the offense going. What were some of the keys to uh, – seeing that offensive su- uh, success uh, at this point? Well, I think I think part of it is we're, it's the growing process. We're growing and starting to understand, you know, uh, on the offensive line, you know, the blocking scheme because it's so much different than what they were doing. And then, and then in the passing game, you know, uh, Allen, the quarterback, is starting to understand what he's reading, where the ball should go, when the ball should get out. So, you know, we just continue to get better. That's, that's the goal. Coach, um, you, you may have mentioned on Saturday morning that they kind of worry out late there. Um, were you on the field defensively a little longer than you wanted to be? Yeah, well, you know, every down is important, but, you know, third down is really important because it, it's the difference in getting off the field and getting the offense on the field and or having to stay on the field and play at least three or four more downs. You know, so we got to just, you know, we got to learn how to finish a, a defensive uh, possession. Uh, Coach, uh, you know, you journeyed to Opelousas uh, this Friday to take on the Tigers in a big game. And uh, uh, older Nish uh, fans, alums, realize that they used to be a big district opponent, but uh, I'm pretty sure this is an out-of-district game, isn't it, against Opelousas? Yes, sir. This is our, this was our bye week in district. Okay. And, Coach, could you tell us maybe a little bit about uh, Opelousas? I know for years uh, uh, they played the Yellow Jackets uh in district, but uh, they being a little smaller school now, I think they're four A school. Could you little, tell us a little bit about uh, what uh, you're preparing them? Uh, uh, maybe what you're going to see out of them, uh, our listeners and the fans that go to the game uh, over in Opelous will, will be watching for. Yeah, they are. They are a very, very good team. You know, they're they're number one in Division Two in the power rankings for a reason. They're uh, they're e- enormous up front. They have really good skill guys, and the coach the coaches over there do a really really good job with them they they put you in a lot of positions where you better be lined up right or you're going to be in trouble yeah i know you 
Uh, know what to expect uh, in district, one of the better 5A districts. Uh, and I'm not sure when you schedule, the, you, you thought, okay, good, this will be a nice break out of district. But then uh, Opelousas turns out to be such a great team this year. Yeah, no, it, it wasn't that we thought it would be a, a break. It's just, you know, when, you're, when your bye week falls week six, you've got to find somewhere with an opponent who has the same bye week. And, you know, there were only a few teams we could find that didn't already have a, a game scheduled. So uh, Opelousas and us agreed to play. So, again, it'll be a good test, but they are they are a really good football team. No doubt. Uh, uh, but, again, more opportunities to strengthen the medals, so to speak. Yeah, I mean, we uh, – We've played one of the toughest schedules in the state, so, you know, we're uh, our kids are used to it. You know, we're playing good competition. Yeah. You know, a couple of teams in the district are uh, having unusually uh, rough years, and they're coming up for you, Barb and Sulphur, and I know you're not uh, looking uh, past this game, uh, looking ahead to any other games, but your thoughts on the district overall so far? Uh, I think the district is really good. You know, I think it shows by – uh, like like our strength of schedule, you know, is is a, is is the the number is very high, and that's you know we only have two non district games, so everything else is district, and you know everybody's everybody's winning games. There you go. Anything the fans need to know making the trip up to Opelousas uh, as far as uh, tickets uh, availability, advance tickets, anything like that? No, I, I the coach hasn't said anything. The game's at seven o'clock. That's that's what we know. Yeah, Coach, uh, how's your injury situation with your team? Uh, I know you had this, we're halfway through the season already, and uh, bumps and bruises are quite evident. But uh, uh, any serious injuries uh, on part of your team? Uh, no, sir. I mean, we, we have a few kids uh, bumped and bruised. But uh, for the most part, we're, we're fairly healthy. All right, Coach. Always a pleasure on these Thursday mornings. Uh, we'll check in with you again on Saturday, uh, maybe a little earlier than normal. I, I get motivated to uh, exit here on Saturdays when LSU plays at 11. So <laughs> it might All be a right. little earlier, uh, not much earlier, but maybe a little earlier than uh, normal. But always appreciate you joining us. All right. Thank you, guys. All you right. Bet. You're welcome. Good luck, Coach. Uh, yeah, Coach Josh Lerman with the New Iberia High School Yellow Jackets uh, talking about his his game last week and his upcoming opponent, uh, the Opelousas Tigers, uh, out of district this week, uh, Friday night over in Opelousas with a 7 o'clock kickoff. Uh, you know, going back years ago, uh, Jeff, uh, Opelousas and Nish, like Opelousas, I mean like uh, That has Nish to be going Lafayette way High. back because yeah. I don't remember that and I've been in town 20 years. Yeah, so, it was yeah. a big rivalry back yeah. then too and Opelousas really, uh, they, were, they were loaded, it seemed like, with sprinters on that team back in the days in the 70s and uh, always had uh, good football teams, but uh, as the town – uh, as Nish, I should say, remained in uh, 5A, and Opelousas dropped a, a bracket down to 4A. But they're still a talented team, a lot of speed, Obviously, yeah. a lot of speed uh, in that regard. So good luck to Coach, and uh, we'll see how things will turn out this weekend elsewhere. Uh, Jeff, uh, just uh, looking over things, like I mentioned, uh, baseball wrapped up. Uh, uh, a manager got fired yesterday. You know, I, I remember talking to you when uh, the Cardinals fired Matheny, Mike Matheny, and I, I was surprised by that. You were not. No, not at all. Not at all. And uh, that team that year, I think that was 2016, maybe? 18. 18. 18, 18. Believe, yeah. Yes, 15 was the year they uh, made the they won 100 games that year, and uh, they didn't even make it out of the division playoffs. No, they lost to the Cubs that year. That's right. I, I remember, that is correct. I, I remember 
thinking that was a huge deal. Not not just winning any playoff series, but finally getting past the Cardinals, which were a, a Cub nemesis, a great rivalry. But um, you know, Kyle Schwarber, I'll never forget that home run sitting on top of the right field uh, video board. And, and and the Cardinals traded outfielders with the Cubs that that following year. As Haywood yeah. was with the right fielder with the Cards and went on to the uh, the Cubs and to win the World Series mm-hmm. the following year. And the uh, Cub whose name escapes me right now, played with the Cardinals, the center fielder for the Cubs that year. Oh, yeah, yeah. Uh, ended up going to the Cardinals for three or four years. Uh, but that was the following year. That's correct. Yeah. But uh, basically uh, – Center fielder. Yeah, and just, I remember I, I, was sitting in, face, I was sitting in Bush Stadium that particular uh, weekend, Labor Day weekend, and the Cubs just pounded the Cardinals that, uh, that afternoon and that weekend – and they, uh, the Cardinals won 100 games that year, and they just couldn't get out of uh, the Cubs' way, and the Cubs just pounded them, uh, went on to, uh, uh, to win that series, and then the following year win the World Series uh, for the Cubs. Yeah, but we, we uh, got hammered by the Mets in the National League Championship Series in 15, yeah. just hammered by them, who went on to lose to um, Kansas City uh, when Ned Yost was managing the Royals. Um, Matheny took over for uh, Yost, but... Anyway, getting back to his firing, um, uh, disappointing three seasons. He was. You know. It was. And uh, Matheny was an excellent defensive catcher, limited hitting uh, hitter, but uh, uh, handled the pitchers pretty well for the cards. Uh, played on uh, uh, one of those uh, teams that uh, went pretty far. But uh, in the meantime, uh, the, the cards, uh, um, I'm starting to feel that they're not hitting the ball right now either. And, uh they're giving Goldsmith and Arenado a lot of rest, and uh, their production has really dropped in September. So at one time, Goldsmith, like uh, Judge, was talked about for a triple crown, but he faded quickly uh, with homers and uh, batting averages. RBI stayed okay, but uh, he's uh, he's had a rough September, so to speak. Yeah, and getting back to that triple crown uh, battle in the American League, the Twins player uh, won the batting crown in the American League. And while it wasn't official until the close of games yesterday, uh, you knew it was getting out of reach for Judge. Same reason he was having trouble getting that 60-second home run. He was having trouble getting good pitches. And, and pressing, too. Yeah, and pressing a little bit. Pulling a whole lot of pitches uh, to shortstop, uh, reaching for some pitches on the outside corner, and uh, grounding out to short just about every time. He wasn't walked. Yeah, you're right. And, you know, the two big favorites in the American he, he League. He sat yesterday, by the way. He did, Oh, he did. Okay. Well, the two big favorites uh, in Major League Baseball for the World Series right now, of course, are the Dodgers, who won 111, 12 games. Didn't see what they did yesterday. And then, of course, the Astros, who have really played well. The Yankees, uh, through the Midsummer Classic, they were just fire. They were like 60 and – something and 20 you know they were like 40 games over 500 back then there was talk of them winning 115 20 games and uh boy they faded too at one time during the stretch in august they they were below 500 uh and but because of their winnings early they held on uh to hold the uh east title in the uh al and the astros have been really playing well lately too verlander I think had a perfect game or no hitter going uh, late. Uh, he he threw five no perfect innings, innings, didn't he? I don't know if they were perfect, but definitely no hit. And uh, I think the bullpen held him hitless until the uh, ninth inning. Yeah, and, so. not, and not that I put 
anything into uh, combined no-hitters. Yeah. I really th- – that stat doesn't mean a thing to me. Yeah, and it's, uh, it's happened a few times during the course of uh, baseball. Anyway, uh, going back to the Saints' the last few minutes of this segment, you know, after losing Latavius Murray to the Bronx, linebacker Eric Wilson to the pra- uh, uh, Packers off the practice squad, the Saints uh, are trying to fill out with a couple familiar uh, faces. The Saints uh, – uh, both receiver Kevin White, who uh, was a number one draft choice, I can't remember who back in the day, and defensive back Bryce Thompson to their practice squad Wednesday, bringing uh, back a pair of players who were with the team in the training camp this year. And part of that last season, both White and Thompson were released uh, with injury settlements uh, early in training camp. And White appeared in six games with the Saints last year, and, and a majority of his playing time coming on special teams. He had a 38-yard reception on five targets. Uh, it's not what I call uh, uh, good, but uh, Thompson played in two games uh, last season, most being on special team snaps. Uh, the Saints also signed uh, tight end uh, J.P. Holtz to their active uh, roster from the practice squad. Holtz played in 11 offensive snaps, which uh, which came at fullback, the Saints' debut last week. And uh, elsewhere, uh, the Saints, uh, I think they moved a uh, – they, I want to say they brought uh, defensive tackle Malcolm Roach back from the injured reserve. So uh, uh, he's uh, another one uh, that he's helped us right around the corner for the defensive line. So Roach returned from injured reserve Wednesday and uh, initiating a 21-day window to add Roach back to the active roster. Roach became immediately eligible to practice with the team, which he did Wednesday. But uh, the Saints do not have to bring him back to the active roster until he's fully ready. Uh, it's a day-to-day thing with him. Uh, the Saints, of course, uh, I saw this too, Jeff. They went, I want to say, from a three-point, four-point pick. They're up to five-and-a-half now. Don't know what uh, brought that about. If maybe there is, uh, is that Camaro worth a point-and-a-half or a point or two for the Saints being uh, activated to be able to play Sunday? Yeah, I, I, I still say the performance against the Vikings uh, sounds a couple of mistakes. And, uh, again, with the absence of Kamara and Thomas, uh, they held up pretty well. And I think this team is still better than their record. I know they're better than the record yes. uh, would indicate. And I, I think that's one of the reasons. And at home, uh, always uh, a pretty solid favorite. Yeah, they, they are, and they are at home uh, this weekend. So uh, they also they, they they called up in the practice squad Christian Ringo, a former Raging Cajun, to fill out their interior defensive line rotation. So uh, Ringo back on the roster. He played a lot last year, if my memory serves me right, with the Saints. So uh, we'll see how that'll all come into play uh, this weekend as the Saints uh, host the Seattle Seahawks. And Geno Smith, their new quarterback, is Russell Wilson with the Denver Broncos. Of course, they're on tonight, the Broncos, as they take on Indianapolis. And Matty Ice, uh, uh, the Broncos uh, are a three-point pick. The over and under is 42. And uh, I remember reading somewhere early this morning or late yesterday that uh, Indianapolis has yet to play in a game in the past, in the four games this year, where they went over the over and under uh, limit on points scored so against their opponents. So uh, at 42, uh, we're going to see maybe a 21-17 to uh, 17 game tonight or a 21-20 game, <laughs> something of that nature. But uh, Matty Ice uh, had, a, had a little rough, but uh, right now he's throwing the football pretty well. So uh, he, um, well, we'll see how uh, Russell does with Denver. Of course, they're playing in Denver, Maha Stadium. 
and I'm sure it's going to be cool tonight up in Denver. I, I would imagine so, and uh, just a reminder as well, and a shameless plug for our sponsor, the Quarter Tavern. Uh, if you don't have Amazon Prime, we will have uh, the game on at the Quarter Tavern. So, uh, again, uh, if you're looking for Thursday night football and you don't have that streaming service, Quarter Tavern does. All right. Well, let's go ahead and take our next uh, break. Uh, we'll be back uh, with Bayou Sports here on the uh, Thursday, the 6th of October, FM 107.5 AM 1240, with more right after this. Is it time for a new roof or to repair the old one? Hi, this is Jake Blanchard with L.A. Classic Roofing. We're a third-generation roofing contractor that has been in the business for over 70 years. As a locally owned and operated company, we're also licensed and insured for your peace of mind. We offer free estimates and a $100 referral fee for full roof replacement. Check us out on Facebook at L.A. Classic Roofing. And the number to call is 465-3888. L.A. Classic Roofing, professional roofing solutions since the 1950s. Athletic Field provides challenges that test their competitor. It is in that challenge that you realize you can accomplish things you have never thought you could accomplish. I am Jacob Landry, and I'm running for state representative in District 49. I've created hundreds of jobs good paying jobs that families can build prosperous lives based on those jobs. This is my challenge and I need your help. Your vote and your support will ignite a bright new future for all of us. Paid for by the Jacob Landry for Louisiana campaign. With more than 50 years of pain diagnosis and pain relief experience, Headache and Pain Center offers the latest in interventional pain relief techniques at two locations in Gray and here in New Iberia. Compassionate board certified physicians and the caring staff offer minimally invasive ultrasound and fluoroscopy guided procedures that diminish or eliminate pain without open surgery, opioids, or major downtime. When you're in pain, you know who to call. Headache and Pain Center, 337-560-0880 or go to AnswerToPain.com. Hey guys, if you're looking for the top golf experience in Iberia Parish, you need to look no further than Cane Row Golf and Turf Club. Low or high handicappers will enjoy the beautiful greens, the recently refurbished sand traps, and incredibly plush fairways. And by the way, you don't have to be a golfer to enjoy Cane Row. The brand new clubhouse sports some of the best burgers, pizza, wings, and many other choices along with absolutely the best, most potent margaritas that you've ever tried. So whether it's golf, food, or just some fun, come to Cane Row and enjoy. Are you an enthusiastic sports fan? Want to have fun and get in on the action? Heck yes, that'd be awesome. Have great attention to detail? Want to stay active? Definitely. Want to give back to the student-athletes in your community? Obviously, yes! Then you'd make an excellent high school sports official. We need more officials in Louisiana. Because with no high school officials, there are no high school sports. Sign up today at highschoolofficials.com. Now back to Bayou Sports on the all-new Kane 1075. Welcome back to Bayou Sports here on a big Thursday, October the 6th. And, uh, you know, Jeff, we hadn't talked about this much, but the NBA... Uh, they're cranking it up right now, and along with the National Hockey League, uh, both uh, both those uh, professions are getting ready to take off. And uh, right now, uh, trying to see how that's going to play out. You know, the talk of the Celtics. You know, they made it to the finals. Uh, they got beat, uh, and also uh, the Warriors are out there, uh, and the Pelicans uh, with. Uh, with Zion uh, Williamson uh, playing pretty well, uh, it's early though, but uh, hopefully to get him in playing shape. He hadn't played in a while. We talked about a little bit about that yesterday. And uh, anyway, um, and uh, LeBron James made a comment yesterday in an interview that he tells uh, 
one of the uh, uh, interviewers that he'd like to own a team in Las Vegas. And, uh, and not, he didn't tell an interviewer that. He told Adam Silver. Oh, okay, Silver. Sure. Okay. I mean, he may have said it in an interview, too. But, All right. But he told Adam Silver, I want that franchise. Yeah, in so many words, too, that uh, anyway, uh, after uh, playing in Las Vegas, scoring 23 points in 17 minutes, the Lakers uh, preseason, they lost, though, the Phoenix Suns, so LeBron James saved his biggest play for the postgame news conference, asked about the NBA hosting an exhibition game in Las Vegas. James used the occasion to make a personal plea to commission Adam Silver, uh, angling to be the first in line to own the team if the league ever expands to Sin City, so he says, and I quote, I would love to bring a team here at some point. That would be amazing. I know Adam is uh, the Abdu Dahabi uh, right now, I believe. Uh, James said, uh, alluding to the Milwaukee Bucks and Atlanta Hawks preseason trip to the United Arab Emirates that Silver is attending, but he probably sees every single interview and transcript that comes to the NBA players. So I'd want a team here, Adam. Thank you. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, uh, Wednesday wasn't the first time James has expressed interest in owning a team in Las Vegas, but uh, certainly it was his Smoke's uh, recent uh, direct declaration. So, uh, Tell you what, though. Uh, you know, owners have been reluctant to let players into their little club. Yeah. The, the NBA might be a little bit more forgiving, and uh, certainly with a name. And, and uh, you know, Michael Jordan worked his way into ownership. But, but it takes uh, a special player to, one, achieve that kind of money. Yeah. And he certainly has. But it's an old boys club that doesn't usually let the employees uh, run the, the, the ship. So, yeah. you know, it's just. Uh, it is. It is. You know. Uh, um, I wish him well. The Magic Johnson has a piece of the Dodgers. I don't know what piece of the Dodgers he may have, but uh He's got a small piece, uh, 5%, 10%, but he's usually shown when he's at the games, he's usually behind a dugout or behind home plate. And uh, I think that was as much as a PR move for uh, ownership because they they have had some PR problems in L.A. with the new ownership group, uh, uh, struggles between the husband and wife. That's right. Uh, But uh, adding Michael uh, Irvin Johnson uh, in, he uh, certainly – Gave them some PR cred. He he did, and uh, I'm trying to think of some other, like you said, Michael Jordan has uh, some ownership, I think, with the uh, team uh, in Carolina, the, uh, the I want to say, uh, the, not the Pelicans. They're back but, to the Hornets now. Yeah, they're back to the Hornets. So he's got a piece of that. I'm trying to recall if there were any other uh, former NBA players that uh, had a piece of the pie. Of course, Jerry West, I don't think he owned any of uh, the, the Lakers or Memphis. Executive. Yeah, or Memphis for that matter in his later years. Yeah, yesterday you referenced Mario Lemieux's birthday and that's that right. he has a piece of the Penguins. That's correct. That's right, the Pittsburgh Penguins. And, uh, but there are a few. There are not many, but there are a few. But like you said, it's an old boys club. It's, I hate to use this as a, an alliteration or even an a illustration, I should say. Is that uh, you know you just don't see it uh, like the masters? That's those old blue bloods. Old money. That's right, and it's those guys that just uh, they and the NBA NBA owners are the same as the NFL owners, and uh, uh, baseball's a little just a shade different, but not much. It's uh, it's a lot of uh, old money that uh, these people inherit, or, or and some of them have earned it. Uh, I think of uh, little Danny Schneider over with the Commanders, you know. Uh, 
but uh, he's still in hot water. Don't know if we've seen anything on that lately either. The latest thing I saw, the, the rumors are that, again, NFL owners might be ready to say you've got to sell the team. Yeah. But yeah. Uh, no, one, no one wants to say it publicly. None of the owners, but the, the rumors, the insiders uh, say there's a bigger swell of support for it. Of course, over in Phoenix, uh, the, in the NBA, they have an owner there that's going to be pushed out. Uh, it looks like, or oh, he's trying to sell. Well, he, he went public and said, "Yeah, I'm gonna, I'm seeking." Uh, yeah, and and some think it's going to be a record for an NBA franchise. Yeah, I can go back when uh, celebrities even bought into teams, and uh, I've mentioned on this program a few times. Bob Hope, back in the day, owned part of the Indians, which is now the Guardians, and Bing Crosby had a good percentage of. Uh, of the Pirates at one time uh, in that regard. And there have been others who have had minority interest in Danny different teams. Danny it was one of the teams in Seattle. That's the Seattle Pilots, who moved to Milwaukee. They stayed in Seattle one year. Danny Kay had a large interest in the Pilots, and they moved him to the Milwaukee and became the Brewers, the Brew Crew. And uh, I guess he relinquished some of the ownership of that team then. I'm, Even, I'm lo- looking. Uh, he was one of the original owners of the Mariners, too. Uh, was he? Yeah. Okay. And uh, also, even here locally, uh, Walter McElhenney had a small piece of the Saints back in the day when John Meekham purchased the Saints back in 67, along with Dave Dixon. Uh, they call him the father of the Superdome and uh, others in the New Orleans area. But uh, Walter, Mac- Walter McElhenney had a small slice of the Saints back in the day when they, their inception uh, back in 66 when they were awarded the franchise through the help of Russell Long and uh, other uh, politicians, but uh, the uh, Walter McElhinney, I don't know what percentage he owned, but he owned it. Meekham had to raise $8 million to buy the Saints or to get the Saints going, and uh, as I mentioned, Walter McElhinney and Dave Dixon were two of them that put up some of the money uh, to bring the Saints to New Orleans. Elsewhere, uh, Jeff, and um, and we're getting ready to uh, host our, our next uh, high school coach, which is Corey Olivier with the Acadiana Christian Lions. And not sure how he did this weekend. Was trying to find some scores. It was homecoming, uh, but we'll find out uh, yeah. in just a few minutes. Yeah, we, we certainly will. Anything else? No other breaking news I uh, see uh, in that regard. Uh, so let's let's go ahead and take a break, and uh, we'll get Coach uh, Olivier on the line to tell us a little bit about his team this past week. You're listening to Bayou Sports here on Kane Radio, FM 1075 and AM 1240. We'll be back with Coach Olivier right after this. I am Jacob Lander, and I'm tired of seeing Louisiana fumble away good-paying jobs to our neighbors across the Sun Belt. That's why I'm running for state representative of District 49, because bringing opportunity back to Louisiana is a touchdown for all of us. As your next state representative, I will work hard to expand vocational training programs so that all of our people can have the tools to succeed. I am Jacob Landry, and I am a proven job creator. All I need is your support and your vote. Paid for by the Jacob Landry for Louisiana campaign. Celebrating 75 years in business, Danos has been setting the standard for generations. Become part of something bigger. Join the team. We're currently hiring for a variety of offshore positions in both our production and construction divisions. And you can apply right now at danos.com or call us at 1-833-GO-DANOS. Great jobs, great people. That's Danos. 
Nowadays, none of us can be without adequate insurance coverage, but we still want to be sure we're getting the best value for the money. That's why so many people call the Schwing Insurance Agency to get a quote. The Schwing family has been handling the insurance needs of businesses and homeowners for almost 80 years. You can depend on Schwing Insurance to find the coverage you need at the best price. So before you buy a new policy or renew an existing one, call the Schwing Insurance Agency for a quote at 365-2357. Schwing Insurance, 300 East Main, across from the shadows. The Corner Tavern is the premier spot for live music. Thursday, it's Southern Jack DJs, and on Sunday, Gerald Grunig and Gentile Zydeco after the Saints game from 4 to 6. Remember, never a cover at the Corner Tavern. 19 TVs has you covered for the Saints and LSU, and no bar has more outdoor seating. Corner Tavern, 910 East Main across from McDonald's, now serving fresh fruit margaritas and daiquiris, and thanks again for voting. The Corner Tavern, best bar and more for this year's Best of the Tesh. Hi, this is Boxcar Badgerow, inviting you to join me and PGA Golf professional Teddy Slyman for Chip Shots. Mondays from 5 to 6 p.m., we'll take an in-depth look at the local, state, and national golf scenes. And we invite you to chip in with your calls at 367-1240. Chip Shots is sponsored by the Coca-Cola Bottling Company, GolfBalls.com, and our local golf clubs, Eagle Ridge, Kane Road, and Sugar Oaks. So let's make it tea time for 5 p.m. on Mondays for Chip Shots on Kane. Dream us live on Kane1240.com and catch the podcast the next day. Now back to Bayou Sports. Phone lines are open to talk sports at 367-1240. Welcome back to Bayou Sports here on this big Thursday, October the 6th. And on the line with us is uh, head football coach, uh, Katie Ann Christian Lines, uh, Carol Olivier. Good morning, coach, and welcome to the show. Good morning. How you doing this morning? Oh, we're well. Thank you. This beautiful weather. Uh, well, as Jeff mentioned a little bit earlier off the air, uh, we do some rain. I uh, don't know if we need a lot, but uh, need to, uh, I guess, uh, just – Get a little dampness in the uh, on the ground. Uh, everything's pretty dry. But uh, how are things going for you? We haven't talked with you since uh, a week ago. What was the outcome of homecoming in all this past week for your team? Uh, besides probably the best, the best night, the best weather in football uh, history this year. Uh, that that was great. I think we probably had the best uh, week and a half. Um, football weather that was good homecoming festivities was beautiful um you know, our our court was amazing um uh miss jada hughes won homecoming queen uh uh cameron cameron savoy which is one of our two-way players uh won homecoming king so that was that was a, a nice little celebration so how, how did the game go uh friday night friday night it was tough man um we, we we had a really good uh, game plan defensively for for, for them. Um, we just I want to say two two big plays nipped us in a nipped us in a uh, nipped us man that 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 really cost us. We had one uh, first drive of the game uh, of they they first drive. We got them pinned down. Uh, I want to say it's like maybe thirty fifteen. Uh, they scramble, scramble. Receiver falls down. My defensive back leaves the receiver to go and make the tackle on the quarterback. Receiver gets back up, man. He tosses it to him and he scored. That was a that was a tough one to, to, to get away from. And then uh, right before halftime, right before halftime, they had another big scramble play that ended up going in for a touchdown. It ended up putting us down like twenty six eight in the in the uh, first half. So. Uh, Second half played a lot, a lot better. Uh, second half played a lot better, adjusted better. 
Uh, we ended up pretty much holding them to a touchdown and scoring a touchdown in the second half. We ended up losing by 18, which is a lot better than the 34 we lost the first time. But, you know, who's in there for moral victories? Um, you know, we, we want to we wanna in the end, in the end try, to, try to pull out the W if we can. And we just kind of shot ourselves in the foot. Yeah, no, no doubt. Uh, you know, we don't we don't talk maybe enough about second half adjustments. Uh, utilizing that halftime to make adjustments, uh, but it sounds like you guys were able to do some of that this past week. Yeah, it, it, I mean the main thing with with, with uh, going in, coach had a coach had a really really good solid game plan, same as the JPG uh, game plan. You know, just uh, just being disciplined, being sound. You know. A lot of times when we go in, it's that retaining that information, right? You know, you run something all week, all year long, you got your base. But then each week, you have tweaks, right, depending on your opponent. And I think uh, when we have those two or three plays within the game where we have that, ah, my bad moments, those moments are the moments that are hurting us as as a a young team, right? I think as we grow in the the system, I think those are going to be few far in between. There you go. So Saturday night, you take on Mount Olive uh, again, the second time, uh, this time on the road. Uh, remind us about the, the last time you two met and uh, what do you expect from them Saturday? Uh, I mean, just like I told my guys, man, the last time we played Mount Olive, you know, you never want to take any team for granted. The last time we played them, I don't think it was anything we, you know, we did special. I think we just made some plays with the athleticism that we have. Um, this week going in, we're gonna be down four of our starters. Mm. So it's it's a it's a different game. Um, we gotta we, we you know we gotta execute. Some guys gotta step up. Um, it's gonna be an interesting game to coach. You know uh, with the challenges that we're facing. Uh, but I'm you know our staff is looking forward to it. We trying to make those adjustments. Some young guys gonna be able to step up and get some playing time. So you know uh, we 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 excited about it, but we are doing a whole lot of thinking. Yeah. Where, where is Mount Olive? Uh, and for fan information, if they wanted to make that trip, anything they need to know? Um, it's in Athens, Louisiana. Uh, it's, uh, I think, right on the Arkansas border. Oh, Lord. Yeah, yeah it's, it's about a, about a three-hour drive. Yeah. Four-hour drive. Athens is uh, a small community and uh, home to Clarely Chenault, uh, the head of the Flying Tigers during World War II. Uh, that was his home where he was born, Coach. Okay, well, that's a fun fact right there. Yeah, we got a we on our way up there. We going we we got a nice little road trip. Uh, um, nice school though. I'm 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 excited about it. You know, that's what you live for as a coach. Those those nice little team bonding moments. Nice little long road trip with the fellas. Got uh, this, and I believe one more game afterward. Uh, uh, what are the goals uh, going uh, through the the rest of the season here? Right now, just trying to make adjustments um, and just continue to get better every week. Uh, like I said, we got a very young team. Um, this is these next three games are going to allow us to to uh, prepare for the future. We still jockeying, you know, for that 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 uh, playoff position as far as trying to get the right the right the right fit for us. And we still aiming to try to make it to the to the big dance. I mean, it's not it's not out. It's never out until they put a name on on that trophy. It's still anybody's trophy, you know. So we still we still fight. We're not giving up on our season. Um, we we just trying to get those young guys ready and, and 
and, and excited to, to give them an opportunity to play. All right. Well, Coach, uh, always a pleasure on these Thursday mornings. Uh, appreciate it. Anything else uh, fans need to know heading uh, up north on Saturday? No, man, I just like for them to um, just kind of keep us in their thoughts and, and, and their prayers for uh, our traveling grace. Um, you know, that's a long ride. Uh, so that, that, would, that would be a, a big help to us. I, I guess it helps uh, playing games like that on a Saturday, too, not having to uh, leave uh, school early on a Friday. Yeah, yeah, that does help. We try to kind of coordinate with each other. The league is good with that on helping each other out. Those Saturdays kind of help out a lot when you don't have to uh, wake up, so uh, leave school and, and go and get on that road like that from work. So, yeah, that's big. There you go. Well, Coach, best of luck and uh, indeed safe travels. We'll check in with you again next Thursday. All right, thank you. All, All right, good luck to you, Coach. Appreciate it. Uh, Carol Olivier joining us uh, and earlier Josh Learman. Uh, the Yellow Jackets, uh, two big games for both these teams this week, along with our other local high schools. Of course, uh, the big one uh, a lot of people are watching and will be attending will be Father Terling's coming here tomorrow night to play the Tigers of Westgate. And uh, should be well, Coach Ryan Antoine kind of mentioned you better get there early because yeah. uh, there will be a big crowd. They, they expect a good crowd coming down from uh, Lafayette, too. And by the way, uh, just one area game tonight, uh, kind of a light Thursday schedule. Covenant Christian at Vermilion Catholic. Uh, VC uh, trying to improve to 6-0 and on the season. But all the other area games, to my knowledge, tomorrow night. Yeah, and uh, VC, the fourth-ranked team in uh, single A here in the state of Louisiana. And I'm not sure that might be uh, – uh, they should be higher up on that total pole, uh, beating most of the double uh, A and triple A teams in the area. Uh, as they take on Covenant Christian uh, tonight uh, uh, in high school football, uh, Jeff. Uh, anyway, um, you know, good luck to the high school coaches here this uh, this coming Friday night. Today in sports history, uh, October the 6th, could you believe it, 1908, the Yankees lose their 100th game. Of course, they weren't the Yankees at the time. They were the Highlanders. Mm-hmm. They changed their name sometime in the teens, 1913, 14. Uh, and that they went 51 and 103. Who would have thought that? Elsewhere in 1911, the Boston Rustlers, not sure who that is. I'm sure that's a future Braves, maybe up in Boston. I don't think it was a Red Sox. Future Hall of Famer, Cy Young, says his Major League Baseball farewell appearance. He loses to the Brooklyn Dodgers. It's his 906th game. Of course, Cy Young won 511 games. He also lost 300 plus games, too. So he might have been pitching every other day and probably. Yeah. Probably even double headers for that matter. In 1919, Chicago White Sox catcher Ray Schalk is the second man ejected from the World Series Game 5 versus the Reds, angered when pitchers Eddie Shikati, along with Lefty Williams, refused to throw his signals during a 5 nothing loss to the Cincinnati Reds. And that was the, hmm, I wonder the, what was up. the end of the beginning of the thrown baseball games in the World Series of 1919. Of course, the Black Sox, as they're commonly referred to today, the movie Eight Men Out is a good depiction of what take place. It has a little Hollywood in yeah, it, course. but a uh, pretty good uh, depiction of what took place during that series. Anyway, in 1926, Babe Ruth becomes the first major league player to hit three home runs in a World Series game as the Yanks beat the Cards uh, 10-5 to in Game 4 at Sportsman's Park. But the Cardinals go on to win that World Series. And you know who the last out was in that game in the, in the top of the ninth in St. Louis? Babe Ruth got thrown out trying to steal second base <laughs> for the 27th out in the game. 
great stat there. Good uh, trivia question. Elsewhere in 1945, Jeff, Billy the Goat is at Cyanus, uh, buys a seat for his goat in game four of the World Series. Had a ticket. And is escorted out after the cast. The goat cursed on the Cubs. Of course, that curse ended, uh, what, six years ago in 1916 when the Cubs won their first World Series since 1908. Elsewhere on this date in 1947, uh, World Series, Yankees beat the Dodgers 5-2 to at Yankee Stadium to clinch the series four games to three. It's the 11th championship in the Yankees. Uh, here we go. 1959, the White Sox beat the Dodgers 1-0 in Game 5 of the World Series at the L.A. Memorial Coliseum. The record attendance, 92,706 people attended that game. Of course, the people don't remember the short left field porch in uh, the Memorial Coliseum was like 260 feet. They, 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 had, they, a they high, had a high net. Yeah. I want to say that was 25, maybe even 35 feet high. A net, you had to hit clear the net. So, anyway, a, a lot of places where doubles died, so to speak, and triples for that matter. In 1963, the Dodgers edged the, edge the Yankees 2-1 two, two to one at Dodger Stadium for the fourth uh, 4-0 series sweep as Dodgers pitcher Sandy Koufax, MVP of the series. Elsewhere in 66, Jim Palmer at 20 is the youngest to record a World Series shutout as the Dodgers uh, lose to the Orioles and 6 nothing in Game 2 at Dodger Stadium. Of course, the Orioles go on to sweep them, as I mentioned. 1983, the Jets announced they're leaving Shea Stadium for the Meadowlands. They never did call them the New Jersey Nets, did they? No. <laughs> anyway, or the Giants, for that matter. Elsewhere in 1985, Yankee knuckleballer Phil Necro becomes the 18th pitcher to win 300 games and at 46 becomes the oldest to pitch a shutout, beating Toronto 8-0. 1991, the Orioles' last game at Baltimore's Memorial Stadium versus the Tigers. Of course, Camden Yard opened the following season, which was the beginning of all the new stadiums. Uh, the cookie-cutter stadiums were pretty much gone after that. 1993. Not, not that Memorial Stadium was a cookie-cutter it stadium. Wasn't, it wasn't, but it, it was a circular stadium. And it did have a multi-purpose. The, the Colts the played Colts there played for there. many years. Yeah. That's right. Until they... Uh, hauled it one night. Ursay took his team and yeah. left Indianapolis in the middle of the night. Elsewhere in 93, after nine seasons and three championships with the Bulls, Michael Jordan announced his retirement from the NBA. Of course, he does return on March 18th in 95 and leads the Bulls to another three NBA titles. I wonder if the Rockets ever sent him a thank you card, too, because <laughs> he wasn't there for 93 and 94 when they won world championships in the NBA. In 2010's Phillies ace, Roy Holiday pitches only the second postseason no-hitter in Major League Baseball history as, uh, in, uh, as, as in Game 1 of the NDL, uh, NLDS. Of course, the only other no-hitter in uh, uh, playoff competition was the perfect game by Don Larson in 56. Elsewhere, deaths on this date, uh, Buck O'Neill, Hall of Fame coach and the first African-American coach in the Major League Baseball and first baseman for the KC Monarchs, dies at 94. Of course, he was memorialized in uh, Ken Burns' uh, baseball uh, series. Uh, Buck O'Neill had a lot of interesting information to say in that series. And the quote of the day, since this is the playoff time of baseball, I thought this would be appropriate. Billy Gardner on Billy Buck's era. Billy Buckner's era. I heard that Buckner tried to commit suicide over the winter. He stepped in front of a car, but it went through his legs. Ouch. Uh, anyway, that was Billy Gardner, the Yankee uh, player, second baseman at the time. And today, that's uh, in sports history. Jeff, uh, back to you. All right. Once again, uh, big thanks to our guests today, Carol Olivier with 
Kadiana Christian School earlier from Nish, Josh Learman. Appreciate them joining us. Tomorrow, don't forget, uh, Cane Fishing and Hunting Show uh, right after the news and obituary notices and then Bayou Sports at about 7.45. Brought to you in part by Jacob Landry, candidate for State Representative District 49. And again, that election next fall, L.A. Classic Roofing, the Quarter Tavern, Cane Row Golf and Turf Club, Schwing Insurance, and the Hedekin Payne Center.